Welcome back to the Riff Music and News Podcast. I'm your host, Uni Mojica. Today, we have a very special guest in the house. But before we get started, I'm just going to go over a couple of headlines for you today. Recently, in unfortunate news, the saxophonist Sonny Fortune had recently passed away at the age of 79. The John Coltrane-inspired saxophonist and flautist worked with greats such as Miles Davis, Elvin Jones, McCoy Tyner, and many other greats. Sonny Fortune was a Philadelphia-born and raised saxophonist who was best known for his long association with Elvin Jones and a brief association with Miles Davis as well. He passed away on October 25th in Mount Sinai Hospital at the age of 79, and his death was confirmed by National Public Radio, and the cause of death was due to complications from a series of strokes, unfortunately. Fortune, who most predominantly played alto saxophone, though he frequently played soprano and also worked on the tenor and baritone, was one of the key altoists to emerge in the jazz scene around the 1970s. He was part of the post-Coltrane wave of saxophonists, but steadfastly developed his own sound while exploring the new language Train had established on the instrument. He was also an intrepid explorer of the possibilities of fusion, particularly its extensions of Latin rhythms and textures. He also had a long stint with Mango Santa Maria as well, as pianist McCoy Tyner, as I stated before, and the vibraphonist Roy Ayers, to say the least. In other news, another important headline, the Monk Institute piano competition is back after a one or two year break. They are featuring pianists again this year. It will feature 14 musicians and they will compete for a $25,000 prize and a recording contract with Concord Records. The 2018 Thelonious Monk Institute of Jazz International Piano Competition is scheduled for December 2nd and 3rd in Washington, D.C. Originally, the competition was to be held in October 2017, but was postponed for a variety of reasons, including marked uptick in other benefit events due to natural disasters, I'm assuming Hurricane Maria, and others to say the least. On the first day at the Smithsonian Institution's Baird Auditorium inside the National Museum of Natural History, 14 semi-finalists will perform in 15-minute blocks before a panel of judges including Monty Alexander, Joanne Burkeen, Cyrus Chestnut, Herbie Hancock, Jason Moran, Danilo Perez, and Rini Rosnes will all be part of the judges' panel. The semifinalists, who will be accompanied by Rodney Whitaker on bass and Carl Allen on drums, include Thomas Egno from Paris, Stephen Feifke, a native of Lexington, Massachusetts, Addison Frey of Lawrence, Laia Gregorian, born from 
Yerven, Armenia, and raised in Russia, Moscow. Michael King of Chicago. Holger Marjama, a native of Tallinn. And Dave Meter from Tampa, Florida. Kristen Oha of Hungary. Tom Oren, born in Tel Aviv. Maxine Sanchez, a native of France. Jake Shapiro from Chicago. Billy Test from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Isaiah Thompson from West Orange, New Jersey. And Xavi Torres of Tarragona, Spain. And if I got any of those names wrong, which I'm sure I did, I sincerely apologize. Good luck to all of the panelists. And stay tuned to find out who wins that competition. Also, Winter Jazz Fest announces their 2019 artist lineup. The New York Jazz Festival is now in its 15th year and will run from January 4th to January 12th, which is different from their previous years as they had only done a two to three day run and now it's looking like it's over the course of a full week. Make sure to purchase your tickets as they will be on sale soon. And their list of artists is extremely vast. Um, So go check that out. In other headlines, the Women in Jazz exhibition opens in London with the Barbican, which is a new exhibition for women in jazz, a celebration of the past, present, and future and opened on October 16th in the Barbican Library of London, UK. It will run through December 31st and is described on the Barbican Library website as a quote, a musical and social survey of the rich contribution women have made to jazz over the last 100 years and of the talented upcoming generation who herald an exciting new era. The free exhibition draws on the rich resources of the National Jazz Archive, which celebrates its 30th anniversary this year. Founded in 1988 by trumpeter Digby Fairweather, the archive holds the UK's finest collection of written, printed, and visual material of jazz, blues, and related music from the 20s to the present day. Women in Jazz will pay particular attention to instrumentalists with photos, posters, journals, videos, and memorabilia. Singers such as Ella, Billy, Nina, and Cleo are household names, but many star women players and pioneers have been sadly neglected and deserve to be rediscovered, says the National Jazz Archive Chair Paul Kaufman in an official statement. Quote, So the exhibition will pay particular attention to instrumentalists such as Valadia Snow, Marion McPartland, Kathy Stobart, Deirdre and Deirdre Cartwright. The archive is much about the future as it is the past. So it is important to us that the current crop of tribalizing, trailblazing female artists is also featured. You can read more about that article in jazz is so moving on from our headlines today we have a dear friend of mine in the studio here we are recording here at qed studios shout out to astoria and qed i have my good friend drummer 
composer, educator, Jonathan Barber. What's happening? Yeah, yeah. Welcome, JB. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored. <laughs> so happy you're here. Thanks for taking the time out to of course, of course. chit chat. Yeah. Kiki. Mm-hmm. All of that. <laughs> All that good stuff. <laughs> yes. So in case you don't know, if you do not know or have never heard of Jonathan Barber, he is a Hartford slash Windsor, Connecticut, born and raised mm-hmm. drummer, percussionist that um, we actually grew up together. He's from Connecticut. He His first introduction to drums were by his father. Mm-hmm. And he then went to the Artist Collective where he studied under the tutelage of Renee McLean and very influenced by Jackie McLean as well and then moved on to go to the Hart School of Music where he then studied with drummer Eric McPherson and after he graduated he just soared and took off from there and played with so played and recorded and toured with artists such as Buster Williams, Jeremy Pelt, Wallace Rooney, J.D. Allen, Terrace Martin, Nicholas Payton, Marcus Strickland, Abraham Burton, Harold Mayburn, Steve Davis, Stefan Harris, and I'm just, and the list just <laughs> continues. <laughs> so, yeah. J.B. has also released his album, his first, his debut album called Vision Ahead. Go get it. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> it's available on Spotify. It's mm-hmm. available on Apple Music. And you can also purchase the album, a hard copy. Where? Where can where can we do that? Just find me. But yeah, on uh, CDbaby.com. CDbaby.com. Or you can yeah. go to one of his gigs yep. and get a signed <laughs> copy in person. Absolutely. <laughs> so, JB, when you decided to... Re- to record this album like what were what were the f- factors that came into play i know that you have a lot of amazing musicians on this album mm-hmm. do you want to talk about <clears throat> what made you choose these specific people to uplift your music yeah uh shout outs to my band uh feature on this uh recording vision ahead is uh Tabor gable on piano Andrew Renfro on guitar, Matt Dewanzik on bass, Godwin Louie on alto saxophone, and that's the nucleus of Vision Head, mm. the quintet. Mm-hmm. Then I also have uh, two special guests, uh, two amazing vocalists, uh, Sasha Foster and Denise Renee. They're also uh, sang on a couple tracks on the album. But um, collectively, as a band, uh, besides Godwin, we all went to the Jackie McLean Institute, the University of Hartford. And that's how we establish a relationship and we really establish a bond and a chemistry uh, musically. And then I want to say about four years ago, uh, me, Andrew and Tabor all moved to New York together. Tabor and Andrew um, had the opportunity to get their masters at the Juilliard School and they needed another roommate. And by that time, or at that time, I was already commuting back and forth from mm. Windsor to New York and doing gigs. And, you know, I was a little fearful, but they were like, man, we need another roommate. You should do it. And I was like, oh, man, but you don't understand. Like, I'm <laughs> paying nothing, you know, to live with my folks and I have to pay some money to live on my own. But 
it was such that a leap. Yeah, I had I did a leap of faith, and my parents gave me their blessing. And it, honestly, it was one of the best decisions of my life because from there, my career just took off. You know, from the time I graduated, my career took off by just being you know a free person, be able to move around, but to really be stationary in New York City. Um, meeting tons of people and having the opportunity to play and being accessible it really just kind of took off so mm-hmm. um from that point of moving to new york i had the opportunity to um have a jam session or lead the jam session at small's jazz club wow. in the west village yeah, that's big yeah yeah shout out to spencer murphy he was the one that uh, asked me to cover for him and then after that he talked to Spike and Spike was like man how about you do it every other you know uh, Monday you know after Ari Honing so I did that and that was the opportunity that I got to really cultivate my sound uh, with um, Tabor Andrew and uh, Matt even then, more even more in depth because you guys already had yeah exactly through the, school and then living together and then now being able to have an audience and absolutely build that around which is so rare and incredible to have that mm-hmm. two, bi-weekly yeah. residency right right and you're still doing that now right still still doing still that doing yeah it now. so i'm still so y'all holding can strong check, y'all can go to smalls on on what day uh november 5th november 5th yeah and which has already passed and then when is the next one after that uh sometime in december but if you just go on the website yeah. look it up catch you know. abs on monday nights yeah monday on a monday night on a monday night dope 10 30 at that dope 10 30 so now I- i'm gonna say spike butt me up to the main set now so oh know, moving on up moving yeah on yeah yeah <laughs> i used to do i used to do the 1 a.m but now i'm doing 10 30 so yeah looking looking good yeah <laughs> so you guys cultivated that just yeah. all the steps from mm-hmm. school to residency at mm-hmm. home like in your own space and yeah. then to live yeah and then you transitioned to the album right we i transitioned to the album so um i must say it came about from a dark place to be honest uh, so November of 2016, uh, I lost my brother. I went only brother, mm-hmm. and um, obviously mm-hmm. I was devastated and hurt, and you know all all of that, all of those emotions, you know. Yeah. And um, I took some time off from the scene, you know. I, after he passed, uh, this was the 30th of November. That's I just immediately packed my bags and went to Virginia, where he uh, lived, and uh, I was with his two kids and his wife. Uh, for about two months and I was just you know committed to being my brother's keeper and and you know just to be my family and and, and to kind of cope with this with this loss you know Mm -hmm. Um, and I would say from that experience from that point honestly um, that's when the band name came to me so uh, before it was kind of mm-hmm. like the Jonathan Barber Quintet and I hated that name personally I just wanted you know to kind of uh, brand it a little bit better and kind of have it more personal you yeah know? Um, so I was before that honestly I was like thinking of a band name couldn't think of anything and so after that experience I remember just clear as day I was at his uh, house and I took his kids to school I took his wife to work and I just had some quiet time by myself and it was just as like a light bulb just hit me just the words vision ahead wow. and as soon as I th- thought of that, I was like, oh, man, that's it. Vision ahead. 
I'm like, that's the name of my band, that's the name of my record, and that's like my the mission statement of my life for 2017. Yeah, and, da, 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 and it da. just came to you in prayer. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. Too. That's and um, oh, yeah, and so like that's from deep. that from that point on, I I knew I said, okay, it's time to record. Like enough games like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like life is well, too what short. it wasn't games yeah yeah no it wasn't games right for right. lack of a better word i guess <laughs> no true it wasn't like it wasn't no games but it's just kind of like all right like it's it's time i i guess like i'll just say that i just felt like it was time yeah. to do it because like i thought about that for years you know what i mean like we're all in school and mm-hmm. we wanted to do it and as soon as i moved out but like i really realized that i wasn't ready and now was the time like mm-hmm. at that point like, it was a time so um I know I know you probably have more questions, but we're gonna get into more. But I'll say this: like um, at that time, I knew I wanted to record, but I didn't really have all the music, like for this debut yeah, record. Wow, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you just knew that like this is what it is. Exactly. And, and 2017, that was a journey where I was writing. Right. I mean, I wrote so much music more than I've ever did, and it was just such a great journey. So you, you know? wrote, okay, so you wrote a lot. So there's yeah. several there's several tracks on this record. Mm-hmm. And which ones were written by you and which ones were written by other people? Yeah, so quickly, I'll just go down the line. So, uh, Statement of Vision, I wrote uh, Vision Ahead. I wrote uh, Doubt, was written by Andrew Renfro. Covenant oh, was written by uh, Tabor Gable, the pianist. Uh, I wrote Carry On. I wrote Think On These Things. I wrote Crown. Um, I I wrote the lyrics to Airport, but Airport was originally. Oh, I was wondering that, and yeah. you're actually singing the lyrics. I'm actually on singing that, on it, which yeah. is so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's funny I, when I was listening to Airport. Um, it sounded like oh, I just lost my train of thought. The lyrics it sounded like Airport, but it sounded like the word could have been Airborne. Ah, airborne, which airport. is yeah, also yeah. kind of deep to like it, y'all gotta go That's check cool. out those lyrics and you got you you gotta listen to it. It's very like ve- very freeing, and the melody is very much like that too. Thank you. Yeah, I actually wrote that dope. on an airplane. <laughs> yeah, I was like in, on a plane. And, and who wrote who wrote that song? A uh, good friend of mine, Eldar Jangirov. Jangirov, pianist, yeah. right? Pianist, yeah. amazing pianist, prodigy, all that good stuff. But yeah, I wrote that uh, the lyrics to that song. Uh, one of my best friends, Javon Alexander, wrote Mr. JB. I wish I wrote it, but he wrote it. And um, I wrote um, <laughs> Time Will Tell, and I wrote um, Believing in the Reunion. Wow. And that's the album. That's a, you wrote a lot of the music on there. Yeah. A lot yeah. of it. Yep. I sure did. Yes. And, and, then uh, the, and then the songs that weren't written by you, they were written by people that have a family this family yeah. meaningful relationships in your life yep which is like a lot of times you listen to albums and it's like oh it's just a standard mm-hmm. but you also hear for y'all who haven't checked out the album yet you can really hear a lot of your in jb's influences and mm-hmm. there's a lot of jazz tradition and there's also a lot of soul in it there's a lot of church um gospel mm-hmm. gospel absolutely. influences absolutely and yeah i just i just i dig it it's it's dope it's oh, dope. thank you yeah thank you so what brought you to i know you went to we all went to school together right. <laughs> i'm not gonna sit here and act like we all didn't go to school together mm-hmm. we, uh, with Tabor 
um, Andrew and Matt, yeah. and Matt Dewanzik, which is the rhythm section. Yep, yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Guitar, bass, piano. Mm-hmm. Then there's Godwin. Yeah. How did you meet Godwin? I, yeah. So Godwin <coughs> Louis is a is one of the baddest alto saxophonists out here right absolutely. now. He's absolutely. How did you? How did that come about? Like so. Godwin is from Bridgeport, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Visionhead is like so dope by being a Connecticut-based band. You know, Tabor in, in, is from Tennessee and Andrew's from Florida, but you know, they all went to the University of Hartford and me and Matt is from Connecticut and now Godwin's from Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I kind of take pride in that. So um, Godwin to Berkeley also. So I heard about this guy when I was in school, but just didn't really meet him. And then when I went to New York, I heard him play, and I was just like, "Man, he he got some special <laughs> in him. Like yeah. he has something super He's special." Yeah. And so um, I got a gig at Smoke Jazz Club in Harlem, 106 in Broadway, and I was thinking, "Like, okay, like the quintet is cool. I love it. Those are like like family, but like there's another color that I want mm-hmm. to this picture. You know what I mean?" And, and I want to be pushing. I want that to voice. push. Yeah, I want to push the band even more. And so I was thinking about, you know, different people. And then Godwin came to me. And I was just like, oh, yeah. Like, where did you hear him? Where, where was the first time you heard him? Do you remember? Oh, man. You know what? I, I don't really remember. I'm trying to think. I know I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. No, <laughs> I wish I could tell you, like, the gig and who's in the band and all that stuff. But I don't remember. But I called him for that gig. And it was just like it, it just clicked. It just clicked because I, I think he didn't really know the band that well. Like you know, I don't think he know the other guys. Uh, but we had some you know uh, uh, a report together a little bit, and, and so he was more than welcome to doing it. And so when we all played together, and I, I still have the you know the recordings, I was like, man, it was so special. So it just made sense mm-hmm. to have him in the band, and it's yeah. just kind of like, yeah, it's, yeah, it worked. Yeah, I I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> So after it, so you, the album was re- released on May twentieth, twenty eighteen, right? May eleventh. Oh, May eleventh. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. Wrong information. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, May eleventh. May eleventh of this past year, and yes. then this past August. Yeah. You went on tour. Yes. They, when I found out when you told me you were going on tour, <laughs> I was like, that is so dope to see mm-hmm. my peers. Because you only hear about people going on tour that are about musicians that have been out here for right. a long time. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. to like find out that you were able to actually, you hooked up this tour on your own, yeah, right? Yeah. How did I you mean, do that? You, if, well, first of all, it was at the Rainy Days Jazz Festival, yes, right? Yes. In St. Petersburg. Yep, St. Petersburg and Moscow. In Moscow, in Russia. Mm-hmm. So how did you how did how did that come about? Man, it it was crazy, you know. Um, I just I got an email um, from this drummer uh, named Sasha Mashin, and he is a part of the Rainy Days label. It's a record label, and um, oh. he was just like, "Man, w- would you be interested in like being part of the the festival?" And it took me like two seconds to answer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Yep. 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 You know. And then um, the 
I guess the the head boss, if you will, the person that's over the festival and, oh, like and the, the label. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to Eugene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the director. He sent me the formal email, and and then we went through the process of you know having everyone's visa and like you know the business of it and all that good stuff. But it was such a you know blessing to kind of experience. Uh, not only because it was months after my record, but just kind of of like the the um, reminder of like hard work does pay off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and it's not like hey, I arrived and whatever, but it's just like man, like it's another stepping stone for, like you for can, something you else. You are doing this, and you can do this, and you yeah, should be doing this. Absolutely, <laughs> perfect. That's the perfect way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, it, it, we had such an amazing time, and like the first show was sold out. And it was just kind of like, wow, the first time Vision has in, is overseas is like a sold out show. And the people were amazing and beautiful. The hospitality was great. The band sounded great. And I mean, it's just like I couldn't really ask for anything more. Yeah. And you were on the road with your homies. And on the road with my <laughs> homies. Exactly. Which was like the first, like 100%. With no babysitter. No babysitter. <laughs> yeah. I was like the, the chaperone, really. You right, know what I mean? Right. I'm, I'm making I sure got- everyone's in check and like. You know, you know, like make sure everyone's like, on don't time. Have, for like, call. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You were the one that was managing all. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But you didn't even have a manager on the road. No, you? but it's just like it, it's Man. a job that that you know I, I take on as of now. You know what I mean? I hope in the future some things like that will will, will manifest and have an, a manager or whatever. But as of right now, it's me, and and I'm learning mm-hmm. so much. You know, in a good way. There's a lot. There's a lot of artists out there that do not have that support and representation so if you're if to our audience if you're a music fan and you have you know artists that aren't represented by big labels and agencies like they're doing this all themselves you're you're doing it yourself yep everything social media Mm -hmm. website tours everything 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 and I I applaud you for that, and yeah. it doesn't go unnoticed. So thank ya. Yeah. So <laughs> any of y'all, if y'all want to, speaking of social media, JB yeah. is very big on social media. So if you <laughs> please follow him, he does a great job of keeping everybody up to date on what he's doing. It's it's amazing. Your handle is uh so Jonathan, the letter B, underscore L I V E. And if that's too complicated for you guys, all you have to do is hashtag drums around the world and you can find me there. Cool. Boom. Yes. Hopefully we have your information in the, de- in the details. Cool, <laughs> cool. But um, one thing that I did that I do find interesting about your playing that you incorporate is the Sunhouse drums. It's a Sunhouse oh, yeah. percussion. Sunhouse I want to get into that because yeah. that's a very new thing. What, from what I've seen, I've seen you do videos where mm-hmm. it seems like there's these attachments and mechanisms mm-hmm. on the physical drums mm-hmm. that alter the sound mm-hmm. into to different electronic waves. I mean, absolutely. Can you like what what is so what actually is Sunhouse percussion? Yeah, well, that's a uh, good way of uh, describing it. So, uh, Sunhouse percussion is based out of New York, <clears throat> and um, it's a, I guess, mechanism or a pickup, I would say, that you place on the drum and you can use 
an acoustic head or like a mesh head, uh, mesh meaning a, um, a head that creates no sound. And it really just um, displays this whole wide range of sound. And the cool thing about Sunhouse is it's super sensitive. So, you know, if you strike the center of the drum, you have like your principal sound. Mm. But if you move to the edge of the drum, it could either like decrease or increase in pitch. So, oh. you know, so you you actually so now it actually gives notes. Yeah, like, like this whole nuance of texture or sound or and weight and yeah. weight. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, wow. uh, and and we're talking about one drum. So if you put it on mm-hmm. the whole kit, this is like you know obviously it's gonna be crazy, insane. Could you actually play like melodies? On Absolutely. It? Yeah. If, if if your soul desires that, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like you, That's you definitely can, and and insane. obviously you can sample stuff and and then program it because it comes with the software uh, that you put into your computer and um, and then you're golden. Um, and the cool thing about Sunhouse is they're always updating their library. So um, I remember when I first used uh, Sunhouse. And until now, I mean, it's just like so many new kits, so much new sounds. They're always updating. It's They're so getting bigger and bigger innovative. and bigger. So innovative. And I will say this, and you can mark my words, they will be the game changer of music. Yes. They really will. 100%. Um, I mean, it's already made me just think differently, become a better, better musician, and also just uh, pull the audience in. You know, like the moment I, you know, sh- strike that drum or incorporate that with my acoustic setup, everybody's like what is that or you know like oh that's so cool and, and it starts another conversation a, mm-hmm. another conversation that really pushes the music forward so shout out to them that is dope and you were just there before you came here yeah yeah <laughs> today has just been like such an amazing day i was just at the uh, Sunhouse office recording some videos and now i'm with you doing this podcast so that's yeah. so dope i'm living so dope i'm living well is there anything that you want to tell our audience before we exit make our exit <laughs> um i'll say uh check out vision ahead continue to support uh live music continue to support um not just i, I don't want to say just young artists cause i don't want to isolate anyone else mm-hmm. but just uh creative musicians and people uh that really um that really not even have a cause but really wants to um express themselves you know on a high level mm-hmm. i think um there's so much talk about quote unquote jazz music or the jazz industry but i think um we just have to support it you know what i mean like to me it's like opinions will be opinions Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day you know there's a stage and there's seats for the audience and and let's just be a part of both be a part of that you know be a part of that and um yeah and continue to check out uni's podcast the riff (laughs) (laughs) well you heard it from jb thank you all for being here don't forget to download our app if you haven't click like subscribe share and we'll see you next time yeah peace Thank you.